Welcome to the More Than a Physique podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, online fitness coach, content creator, and competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter. In this podcast, we help you discover your inner athlete. Each episode will enhance your life as we provide you insights on all things health, fitness, and personal development. Now let's bring out your inner athlete. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the More Than a Physique podcast where we discuss ways to ignite all areas of your life surrounding health, fitness, and becoming mentally elite. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, and I am here today with a very special guest, my first guest ever on the podcast, my partner in crime, my best friend, my person I want to strangle once in a while, Kyle B. Jansen, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, guys? Welcome, Kyle, to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited that you're here today. We have some questions that everybody has asked us, but before we get into them, I thought that you and I can just maybe kind of discuss, you know, how things are going. You know, everything has changed these last, what, three weeks now? Yep. How are you holding up with everything? I've been holding up pretty well. I... I think everybody's obviously going through their own, you know, unique challenges. I'm no different. I mean, you know me, I'm a pretty social person. So I think the hardest thing for me Mm -hmm. is just more so not having any social interactions with people. Um, Unfortunately, I'm stuck with you the entire time, but uh, (laughs) ha ha. But I don't know. I think you've been doing a pretty good job of annoying everyone. And, you know, you've been on your phone more often than you typically are. I mean, you're always on your phone, but it's like a whole new level these last few weeks. That's very true. It's not a bad thing. I I feel almost like a 90s kid again where I'm talking on the (laughs) phone every day. I mean, you know, the other day I I logged three to four hours on my phone just talking to friends and family. And, you know, it's not a bad thing. I think we live in such a quick digital age where text messaging is kind of the new standard of communication. You kind of lose out on that. Mm-hmm. human interaction with people so it's kind of kind of nice to actually be back to how things were in the 90s and talking to people on the phone a little bit more yeah so maybe um i should go into the bedroom and you should stay in here and you can give me a call and we can talk for like three hours like we did when we were younger absolutely well technically we're not social distancing right now so <laughs> do you want to go in the other room <laughs> that's awesome well, that's good i think that's something that you've always been really good good at is just staying in contact with people and if anything this is just putting your your ability to like stay in contact with everyone to the test like your skills absolutely yeah it's it's a good test I mean for I think everybody myself included I mean you know it's hard I I'm not gonna lie that I have days where I'm not motivated Mm -hmm. Uh, you know it's it's hard right now but uh all we can do is our best I I think it's a good time for us to just kind of shift our focus away from maybe the things we you know, have been so focused on to focusing on some other things, maybe, you know, areas in our lives that we need improvement or, you know, things that we have been planning on doing, but we just never got to doing. Now is a better time than ever, I think, to, you know, do those things. It's like me wanting to learn to dance or, you know, even play the piano, although you won't let me buy a piano yet, (laughs) but... You know, I said we we could go buy a piano. But those are, you know, those are the types of things I think right now, you know, people need to focus on. I think it's a little bit different if, you know, people have kids or a family. I think yeah. that's, you know, where the challenge is, is just keeping the, you know, kids and that sort of thing, uh, you totally. know, stimulated and excited. Uh, you know, we don't have that 
problem yet, but uh, but we we have our kid. We have we have a dog and we have a cat and <laughs> who is loving us being home. And Kiara wishes that we would just kindly go away. Well, Hoots is needy as a kid and a senior citizen, so. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, well, I just thought we would start off today's episode just by going over a couple of warm-up questions that people asked. We had some people ask pretty easy questions. So there's warm-up questions and there's more advanced questions? Yes, exactly. So this is like a test. And you haven't seen the questions. I told Kyle, like, you want to see the questions? He's like, nope. So I have no idea what he's going to say. And I gave him full permission to say whatever the hell he wants. So you guys have been warned. Can we swear on this podcast? We can swear on this podcast with some words that aren't allowed. <laughs> and I think you know what those words are. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I'll keep it PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, so first question. What is your favorite exercise? Okay, something I thought would be fun is let me guess what your favorite exercise is. You guess what mine is. And we'll see if we're right. Okay. So what do you think my favorite exercise is? I think your favorite exercise is deadlifting, but you can't do it anymore. Oh, that that's, that's, yeah, that's actually pretty accurate. Because of your back injury. Oh, damn. And it probably has changed since, but. Well, it has. And, and see, I was going to say lateral raises for myself. But if we were looking at this from the, you know, prior to back injury, and if I was still you know, in a place where I didn't have my back injury, I probably would say deadlifts. I think you might be might be right on that one. Okay, so mine for you, am I going to go like completely cliche here and just say flat bench like every other gym bro? Am I right? That is my guess. It is one of my favorites. I do like flat benching, but flat benching is more of an ego lift than anything. <laughs> um, I think my... Number one favorite exercise, though, is incline dumbbell press. Oh, okay. So still a little bro because it's a chest movement. It is a chest movement. You know, there's a slight variation there. Followed up, secondly, by the deadlift, which I also still cannot do right now as I'm having some issues with my lower back. But yeah, I think those two are probably my favorite. Yeah. But are we talking in terms of, like, our favorite lift or, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like our, our personal favorite or like what we think is one of the best exercises. Oh, I don't know this. Yeah. The question was pretty vague. That's why I left it as a warm up question. Cause that's, that's how I'm answering it. Like that's probably one of my favorite yes. movements, but um, yeah, deadlifting I think is probably one of the best, best movements for you. Um, yeah. Just cause it is a multi-joint combat movement, right? Absolutely. Okay. So the next question is what was your favorite meal as a child? My favorite meal as a child? Yes. It hasn't changed. It's pizza. It's (laughs) always been pizza. Always will be pizza. I didn't know that your favorite meal was still pizza as a child. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it was definitely. Interesting. Either that or raw hot dogs, but... Raw? Oh, what the hell? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was like, I think we need to reevaluate our relationship here, if that's a legitimate answer. Um, I think that mine probably was mac and cheese with hot dogs, like sliced up hot dogs. Guys, she eats her craft dinner with ketchup. I don't know about you guys. I think it's disgusting. We're really, we're going to go there, huh? You're going to, you're going to throw me under the bus, hey? We are. It is the <laughs> most rank smell. Craft dinner and ketchup. 
should not go together. Dude, so many people eat craft dinner and ketchup, and I didn't even say. I know, say and it's gross. <laughs> I still like it to to this day, but I don't eat hot dogs anymore. But as a kid, hot dogs with mac and cheese, oh damn, it was it was my go to. It was your go to easily that and cereal, because I wasn't allowed sugary cereals, so I would always eat the the sugary cereals at my cousin's house, but. I'm allowed sugary cereals as an adult now. That's fair. <laughs> okay, we have one more warm-up question, one and then we're going to get into the in-depth ones. Who is not a morning person? I feel like we can answer this <laughs> together on the count of three. Say the person's first name. One, two, three. Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> we're just really in sync. We didn't even rehearse that. I don't think we yeah. need to elaborate on that more. I mean, why I... do you think you're not a morning person? I don't think it's that I'm not a morning person. I've just always typically tended to stay up a little bit later. Um, yeah. I like the quiet time in the evening. Um, even going back to like high school, university, that was the time I stayed up to try and study or you yeah. know play video games or whatever. And I think it goes back to, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're such a social person that you're always like talking to someone or being bombarded even with your line of work that maybe the evenings are the only time that you really get for yourself. Yeah, and that's why I think, too, why, like, you know, last year we started going to the gym early in the morning at, like, 5 a.m., and, yeah, I just wasn't wasn't uh, a fan <laughs> of that. I mean, I, I dropped out and I quit doing that pretty quickly, I yeah, think. Yeah, I was solo on I that. I think you were for... going solo after the first month. Yeah, you stuck with me during, during tax season, which I appreciated. I needed my yeah. PIC. But I will say this. I don't think it's hard to, to be a morning person. I think it's mm-hmm. just a matter of adjusting your schedule, getting to bed earlier, you know, maybe dialing back to caffeine earlier in the day. And, yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of getting up earlier. I just prefer to stay up later. So it's just a matter of preference. But I think the biggest thing, as long as it's not impacting your ability to do whatever you need to do, then... Absolutely. And I think that we've seen that a lot, actually, that it doesn't really matter when you wake up as long as you're able to get done what you need to get done. And most mornings I am still getting up about 730. Yeah, it's not like you're a lazy person (laughs) where you're waking up at 10 o'clock. Like you're still up, you know, before 8, 830 at the latest most like some days. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. All right. I'm feeling warmed up. Are you feeling pretty warmed up to get into these in-depth questions? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Okay. So the first question here, and I want to hear your answer to this. How did you and I meet? You want to hear my answer to this? Yeah, because I feel like whenever we're in social gatherings, people always ask us, and I'm always explaining how we met. And I don't think in in the last 14 years, I don't think I've ever heard you, you know, tell the story how... Kyle B. Jansen, you know, saw Kristen Novak that one day, and the rest is history. Am I building it up in my head? (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) How did we meet? Kristen and I met back in high school. I would have been in grade 11. The summer going into grade 12. The summer going into grade 12, so just finished up grade 11. Mm -hmm. And she actually got a job at Superstore where I had already worked. How long were you there before me? Maybe a year, six months to a year, maybe. Oh, wow, I didn't know you were there that long. Yeah, I worked there for two years. I quit after high school, but... um, Yeah. Yeah, we actually met at Superstore. Um, I worked in customer service. She worked as a cashier, so obviously she was the you know, fresh meat in the, the supermarket, if you will. But you started off 
as a price checker for like maybe a couple of weeks before you got into customer service. That's right. Because you came to my till a few times. I'd be like, perishable pickup on aisle seven. And you'd be there like that. Like you'd be there in a second. It's because I was good at my job. That's why I got promoted. Oh, that's why. Biggest promotion of my life right there. <laughs> price checker to customer service. <laughs> so yeah, we both, um, yeah, we both met, uh, uh, summer, yeah, going into grade 12 yeah. at Superstore. Um, we both worked there. Um, I actually, funny enough, I had a girlfriend at the time. Kristen just got out of a bad relationship at the time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was a bit of an interesting period, but, yeah. We, when we met, like, we had that, I don't know about you, but I had that instant, like, attraction to you. I'm like, damn, this guy's pretty yeah, cute, but I, I'm not ready to date, and I, he has a girlfriend. <laughs> I, I think what Kristen's trying to say is she was trying to add me to her roster. <laughs> um, you know? <laughs> that's a thing. That, yeah, that's that's how I am, right? And, I'm you know, just, yeah. she played me accordingly, and, you know, it worked. Eventually, I, I ended the relationship I was in, and uh, we started dating shortly after that. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, the rest is history. We've been together now. Uh, 14 years. 14 years. I've been stuck with her 14 years. Yeah, how, how lucky am I? I know. <laughs> she makes a good pizza. We'll leave it at that. Yes, there we go. My mission in life is complete. Next question is, <laughs> favorite quality about each other? We'll let you start. Ooh, dead silence there. Okay, I actually know the answer to this question right quickly there, Kyle Jansen. No, no worries there, though. My favorite thing about you is I love that whenever somebody has something going on in their life, you always stop what you're doing and have no problem just being there for them, regardless if you have, you know, just shit going on in your life. Like, you're busy, right? Being a real estate agent in Kelowna is uh, no walk in the park. But whenever, like, I have something going on or anybody else in your life who you care about, you always stop and you're patient with them and you always just try to provide a helping hand. And I love that about you. You're really reliable and you're always there for people, which is really handy during this pandemic that we are in right now. I've definitely capitalized on that quality quite a bit lately. I think that's the nicest thing you've ever said about me. <laughs> I think one of my favorite qualities about you is the fact that you're very empathetic. Um, I know sometimes it gets you down a lot because you kind of, you know, absorb how other people are feeling and sometimes that can obviously take a toll on you, but being able to be empathetic and, you know, understand how people are feeling just, you know, with coaching and everything you do, I think it's it's a great quality that uh, you bring not only in your personal life, but your business life as well. I love that. Me too. That's why I love you. <laughs> oh, We're, we've never like talked to each other like this before. We might do these episodes like on the regular can we call it the Kyle and Kristen show? We can call it the Kyle and Kristen show. Okay, let's move on to the next question here. <laughs> let's not start a fight with this question. <laughs> the most annoying quality about each other. Do you want me to get this one? I feel like you know the answer a lot quicker than that first one. <laughs> That's a tough question. I'll say this. I, I think when you've been together with somebody for as long as we've been together, like we've been together 14 years, I don't think she really annoys me but i think her most annoying quality would be probably her sleepwalking <laughs> this is usually what leads us to arguing yes is her sleepwalking because she's not really yeah she does sleepwalk i have lots of stories i could tell but <laughs> she's not really aware of what's going on like you know she, she's half there 
Um, the other night I was up, I was doing some work in the office and <laughs> Go for it. she walks in and she's standing in the doorway and she's completely sleepwalking and <laughs> yeah, it just led one thing led to the other and you know, <laughs> You were not later. happy. No, I was not happy. I scared she, the she scared shit the out of shit you. Shit at me. She was standing in the doorway. Look up, and there's this body, <laughs> half hovering in the doorway, you know. And, and we've had lots of experiences over the years, but I think that is probably the most most annoying thing. But I think the the time that my sleepwalking is triggered is whenever you're playing your video games, <laughs> and I don't know why. I don't know where that comes from, but even when we we were in university, because we played a lot in university. Had to do something. And then when you switched careers, you stopped playing. And then, oh my goodness, the sleepwalking stopped. And then as of late, you've been playing a little bit more. Let, let me preface this by saying <laughs> I've been playing a little bit of Call of Duty at night, but I've also been playing with my brother and my friends, and it's kind of how we're all socializing right now during this pandemic. This is a judgment-free zone. It's okay. Oh, no, I'm not justifying it. I mean, <laughs> there's lots of people who make a lot of money playing video games. It's a, it's a career path for some. But, yeah. you know, I, I was, you know, yeah, it, it's been, a, I think, a pretty <laughs> obvious trigger for you over the years. We don't know why, so if there's any psychologists listening to this, please let us know. <laughs> Um, yeah. I actually used to sleepwalk a lot as a kid. My mom had stories of, because we had an alarm system growing up, where I would try to, and like, leave the front door and set our alarm off. Like, that happened a lot, apparently. I feel like we're going to get questions asking about your sleepwalking. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That's okay. I think the worst, and I'll just tell this, the worst <laughs> one was when we were younger. I think it would have been in grade 12. Yeah. I had just finished up a gaming tear. Kristen went to bed early. She had to be up early for something. I don't remember what or all the intricate details of it. But I was in the washroom and uh, I was getting ready to go to bed. It was probably 2 or 3 in the morning, I would imagine. And I opened the door and Kristen is standing there. She's half naked in her underwear. And she's dragged the blanket off of the bed. And she's literally rocking back and forth in the doorway. And... I actually legitimately was scared for my life. I thought I was going to get stabbed. It was something right out of a horror movie. <laughs> and uh, to this day, it, it scares the shit out of me. That's what I experienced the other night. <laughs> so, yes, if I had to pick one quality that's annoying, it's that because I don't understand it. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's totally fair. Um, that was a good answer. For, for myself, I actually I struggled with this answer. I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything actually and i guess I, that's why i'm the better half i don't know about that what makes um, you say that you you know my answer i know her answer what? yeah <laughs> you don't like when i'm pa she thinks i'm passive aggressive at oh, times okay. where like if let's say i need to do laundry i'll say to her hey can you remind me to to wash my shirts tonight mm. And she'll take it as me being passive-aggressive, hinting at her to do laundry. And the reason why is because I don't think you have ever done a load in the 14 years of our being together. That's not true. Maybe one load? I've done a couple. Exactly. I've done a couple. Exactly. We each have our chores. I know we do. You volunteered for that. I did like volunteer it. for it. But I wish you would just be like, hey, Kristen, I'm low on underwear. Can you please do a load of laundry today? Sure, babe. No problem. And the thing is, I don't mind doing it. I'm actually legitimately asking her to 
to remind me because I will do it. It's just I've never really had to because she's actually really good about helping me with those sort of things. So, yeah. but I, I know that um, that is something that annoys you. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's actually, that's actually a good response. Yeah. I will go with that for, for my perfect. answer. Thank you for answering that for me. <laughs> okay. So the next question here. Ooh, what's something that your partner does that makes you laugh the most? You want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. That's a good question. I like this one. I, I mean, I was kind of torn with either when you have random moments where you'll just start dancing and singing, it's peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter jelly time, or your impeccable memory when it comes to movie quotes. So... You know, your ability to movie quote like maybe 50 movies in an entire hike that we do <laughs> is pretty impressive and it always makes me giggle. It but makes no sense to anybody who's with us. It doesn't. Like, if you have a conversation with Kyle and I, like if you legit are hanging out with us, like any of our friends, both of us will just kind of spit out movie quotes to each other like we're having a normal conversation and some of our friends and even your mom are like, what the hell are you guys talking about? And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's actually pretty entertaining. Absolutely. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> yes. What's something that your partner does that makes you laugh? I guess I'm not funny. You're not actually. I'm not funny? You are funny, but I can be witty. Something you do that... I have some good one liners that you always laugh at. I kinda have to agree, like with you with the movie quotes, like sometimes we'll just be hanging out and you drop a, a one liner out of nowhere. That does make me laugh quite a bit. <laughs> to think though like but i don't make you laugh too often huh i guess i'm too serious yeah what? you are actually yeah yeah i'm more like we have this debate who's pinky and who's the brain oh and yeah. i think you are the brain but your brain is so like convoluted sometimes <laughs> like you get so fixated on things so i have a lovely brain you do have a lovely brain that's okay i'll try to make you laugh more i think one thing i'll say this one thing that makes me laugh about her is her smile, just in general. When she smiles, it makes me laugh. She's got a very pretty smile. That's, that's, that's a good answer. We will accept that as your answer, sir. Yes. <laughs> okay, next question. Do you guys plan on having kids besides our current fur babies? Yeah, I, I think kids is something that's both in our future. I mean, at this point... I've been ready probably for a couple of years now to have kids like pretty much whenever we have them I, I'll be fine I think I've been at that point for a while now um, I think it's obviously been a little bit more on you just making sure that you're ready obviously we as the men have the the easy job uh, you know it's you ladies that have the the harder job and uh, you know mm -hmm. everything that's involved with not only having a kid, but raising a kid. So yeah. at this point, it's more on you as far as timeline goes. But I think we both, too, over the last couple of years, uh, took the opportunity to move out of Prince George to Kelowna. And one of the biggest things, we just wanted to make sure we were semi-stable here, semi-set up before we, you know, mm -hmm. started to have you yeah. know, kids. And I think it's a good thing. I think there was a, a point early on when we moved to Kelowna where, you know, we weren't too optimistic as to whether we were going to yeah, succeed here. And, you know, luckily we pulled through and, you know, we're in a much, much better place. So I think that is something that's definitely going to be on the, the horizon and probably the two to three year time frame. But yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. No, I, I think that that's probably very accurate, to be honest with you. I mean, 
I mean, I think mentally I have been ready for a while. Like, you know, I have those motherly instincts where I just want to go through that process. But at the same time, it's the the physiological aspect that kind of freaks me out a little bit of putting my body through that. Like, am I ready for that? You know, I'm excited for it on one end just because I, I really want to help other moms show that, you know, you can still have a fit lifestyle but you know I know that's really challenging so I'm not sure when I'll be ready for that but if it happens it happens great I'll be ready and prepared but I think realistically a two to three year timeline would be great I think the biggest thing is I do want to compete one more time and have a really competitive season before I have kids so that's kind of like my long-term goal right now and then once I've succeeded with that you know, we might hang up the hat for a few years, start focusing on having a family and go from there. But I think the biggest thing that we've learned in 2020 so far is, you know, you can't really plan things as much as you think that you can. So sometimes you just kind of got to go with it a little bit, you know. So that would be nice if two to three years works out, but we'll see where this world takes us, right? Until then, we're going to leave the goalie in the net, but... Uh... <laughs> And I think one of the other tests, like the baby test, you know, both of us, we hear baby screaming or crying in the store and we <laughs> automatically look at each other and we're like, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> so I know that'll obviously change when it's our own when kid. When it's your own kid, you know, I think maybe. so. For sure, right? But for right now, I'm like, oh God, no, I like my sleep, right? Very so true, we'll so see. I. But it, it is in the horizon. It's a good thing you're future. a morning person. Uh, hey, there you go. It's a good thing you're a night person. We know who's doing the night shifts. Fair enough. There we go. We got that figured out. <laughs> Okay, so our next question here, what got us into fitness and then wanting to become a coach? That's a great question. Another good one. I think I originally got into lifting back in high school. Um, I was fortunate enough that uh, my uncle had a, mm -hmm. basically a full home gym in our basement. I started lifting there, eventually moving on to, to the gym, but that's essentially what got me into it. Um, I also spent a lot of time back in the day on the bodybuilding.com forums. That's where I started learning a lot about, you know, nutrition, training, coaching, and, you know, applying that to my, my mm -hmm. life. Kristen started out more as, uh, well, playing basketball in high school, but more as a athlete in the sense that her focus was more on cardiovascular type Mm -hmm. exercises not so much weight training I think it was probably in our first year maybe second year at university that you really started to take weight training seriously but yeah I learned a lot from from you because you know I, I wanted to play basketball in university and growing up playing sports I mean you grew up playing hockey so same thing but when you are on like a team and you have your coach and everything you're not really told and trained to weightlift as much as you probably should be and you know once you your your basketball career ends I think a lot of athletes go through this where they're like okay what do I do now you know I can go play women's league and stuff like that or you know just do a bunch of cardio because that's all I've ever known when it comes to training so after a year or so of that not playing basketball anymore I'm like okay two hours of cardio every single day is, you know, kind of having inverse effects of what I want to see when it comes to my physique. You know, I wasn't as skinny as I was, I, I don't think, after after doing that much cardio. So I wasn't seeing really good results and I wasn't feeling the greatest. And it was really boring because I would go to the gym with you. You'd be there for two hours and I'm like, hey, 
I can't do any more machines. I've already done the elliptical, the Stairmaster, the treadmill. And then eventually I'm like, hey, Kyle, you need to show me some stuff. And I think, you know, I went through the same thing that a lot of women go through in the beginning when you enter the actual weight room where it is a little intimidating at first. But when you have somebody there to kind of show you around and you start to get more confident with it, that, that ended very quickly. And I, luck, I, luck I, got in, I fell in love with it really quickly. Yeah, and luckily too, I think that that whole, you know, trend, if you will, is, is changing. I, I see a lot more women in the yes. gym lifting weights than I do guys. Yes. And I'll say this. A lot of the women actually have better form than some of the men. So Absolutely. <laughs> things have come a long ways in the last couple of years. But I also as well, same as Kristen, I grew up very athletic. Um, yep. I grew up in a small town, actually. I moved to Prince George when I was about 13. But I grew up pretty much playing, you know, all the sports as a kid. But uh, I was very active swimming, running, and cycling, actually. So uh, when I moved to Prince George, I dropped doing... Well, I stopped doing a lot of those things. I continued to play hockey, but started lifting in high school to kind of help with, you know, hockey and skating and yeah. and that sort of thing. So that's where it started. But uh, as far as moving into the coaching aspect of it, I think when I started to really learn a lot of the information that I learned at the time, I think it was a little bit ahead of where things are now. Like there's yes. a lot more information widely available. But when we started learning about like flexible dieting back in like 2007, 2008, kind of when we started yeah. university. But even then, I don't think I actually took lifting really seriously until probably second year of university. And that's where I started using a lot of, you know, that knowledge that I learned. And I realized how much misinformation there is out there and how much misinformation there still is out there. Yeah. I think there's more bad fitness advice than good fitness advice so sadly yeah. sadly you know we're, we're still kind of coming over that trend but I think that's kind of what led me into like wanting to coach and help people in that sense was just to kind of help them you know decipher the good information from the bad and give them the tools that they need to basically succeed Absolutely. And I think the coolest thing was before we actually started, you know, making this a legitimate business, um, you helped out your brother in what, maybe the third, third year university? I can't remember when, but um, you found a bunch of information and were able to, you know, figure out what his macro should be. You taught him everything that he needed to know about flexible dieting. I was still in a very skeptical phase, even though I was seeing the results with Bryce and his brother. I was still like afraid of anything that had five grams more of sugar in it. And I'm like, Kyle's like, you can have a pop tart, you know, and still see results. I'm like, but there's sugar in it. Um, no, that's bad for you. So it took me a little bit longer on the nutrition side of things to get to that stage of, you know, understanding and realizing that, hey, there's a lot of bad information out there and there's actual, there is some good information out there and I wanted to learn more about that. And I just instantly became obsessed with it once I really saw the transformation that Kyle was able to accomplish with his brother. I'm like, hey, there's something here. There's something worth learning. And if I don't know about it, not a lot of other people do. And it's time to help people figure that out. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I, I think that pretty much summarizes why we got into coaching. Um, it took me several years of just learning and, you know, diving into information to really basically take away the, the good information and the value. Um, 
it's a little bit easier now to, to find good good information. There's a lot of good sources out there of information. But yep. uh, back when I was learning all of this, there was a lot. <laughs> a Before lot of... Instagram existed, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, even, I mean, at that time, like Facebook, I mean, was in its infancy. It was only a couple of years old at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, relied primarily off the bodybuilding.com forums and you know, there's a lot of good people that back in the day posted on there. So even some of the people we look up today. Yeah, exactly. That kind of leads into, you know, so that's how we kind of got into coaching. But uh, that leads into the next question here is, how did we come up with the name The Natty Hour? And what's funny about The Natty Hour is we didn't, when we were brainstorming it, it wasn't meant to be our business name. We were trying to get Kyle to come up with, you know, a bit of a, a, a branding when it came to your fitness um, online on your social media presence of how you wanted to be, you know, recognized because that's when we started doing when we started competing and stuff like that. Absolutely. So the Natty Hour was actually originally my own personal brand. Yes. It was my Instagram. It was kind of my own personal online identity, if you will. And how we came up with that, actually, I remember we were sitting in the basement in, uh, well, our yeah. parents' house, and we were shooting off ideas, and there was a photographer I liked um, on Instagram, and his handle was The Brightest Hour, and I always loved that concept, so we kind of took a spin off that and applied the word Natty to, you know, to it. We took out Brightest and replaced it with Natty, so it became The Natty Hour, and that's actually funny enough how how the natty hour came to be and then quickly we realized you know the importance of that name and what it meant to us and our business and getting into natural bodybuilding um, and the path that we took with that it just made so much more sense when you know Kristen Novak fitness was around to, to replace <laughs> it with the natty hour because we we always knew we wanted to do coaching together like, eventually, you're like, hey, like, because I was doing, like, just personal training by myself for a while, and then, you know, it, it evolved where it's like, let's do this together. I'm like, hey, well, if we do it together, it can't be Kristen Novak Fitness, you know, so we had to come up with um, with something a little bit different when it came to restructuring our brand to make it a, a business together. Yep, and we decided to take my <laughs> online identification and... Yeah, the Natty Hour was born. We turned that into our coaching business, and that's how the Natty Hour came to be. Yeah, so for those who don't know what, you know, what it kind of means, like we, we told you how we came up with the name, but for us, like, it's just about honoring the, the struggles and the commitment of being a natural athlete. Absolutely, and I, I think the name speaks to that. You know, Natty in terms of bodybuilding just refers to natural you know, being natural, not using drugs, and that's kind of something we've both committed to mm -hmm. in terms of our bodybuilding careers. So, you know, an hour just represents, you know, honoring that commitment day in and day out, and that's yeah. how our business came to be. So here we are, the Natty Hour. Yeah, so thank you, Kyle, for sacrificing your personal brand and letting us create something even better. Hey, that's okay. I'm known as Kyle B. Jansen now, so <laughs> worked out in the end. Okay, so let's move on to our next question here. We have a more nutrition-based question. With watching nutrition closely, is it possible to go out, but it can be a labor-intensive to fit in dining into your macro? So what do you guys feel is a good date or alternative to dining out? I don't think as far as, you know, going out, I don't think you need to limit yourself. And I think if you're set up 
the right way you don't really have to limit one or the other it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. you know one or the other eating out can be a bit of a struggle in the sense that it, it's harder to find the correct nutritional content of what you're being served but the reality is is that unless you're you know competing in a bodybuilding show you most always can eat out like I think that's probably the only exception yes for <laughs> you know? sure um, I, I think there's always more important things and I, I think going out with friends or family or your significant other sometimes is more important than consuming a few extra calories if you will um, if we are going to go out I'll, I'll say this though I usually try to find online or find the nutritional content of whatever I'm going to have online I'm pretty picky when I go out. I don't eat a lot of sauces and condiments. So for me personally, I don't have a hard time really eating out. But yeah, I would just say like with that, it's one of those things that, you know, going out for a meal once once a week or, yeah. you know, once a month probably shouldn't stop you. Yeah. You know, and, and you should still be able to hit your, your goals that way. But I think if we were going to choose an alternative as to going out, we do a lot of hiking here in Kelowna. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so if we were going to skip the, the food side of things, probably go do a hike, maybe go for a bike ride, go to the gym. Yeah, the gym is, <laughs> um, is, our, is our alternative. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, too, like it, it really depends on you and your, your unique situation. If you're going to go to the movies, you can go to the movies. You can bring your own snacks. Yeah. You know, you can weigh things out at home. There, there's yeah. so many different ways you can go about sticking to your plan while going on a date, but... I think so and I think it's important to remember too that there's always some level of error when it comes to tracking your macros like even if you had uh, the back of the label available to you there's still an error when it comes to that because the food industry is allowed to misstate the amount of calories so letting go of that perfection mindset when it comes to eating out really allows me to eat out a little bit easier Same thing with Kyle with what he said. If I'm prepping for a bodybuilding show or even if you have like a wedding or a photo shoot or you have strict goals where, you know what, you have to lose this weight in a a certain period of time, then of course you do have to make that sacrifice and, you know what, be okay with doing something else. But if your overall goal is just health and fat loss over, over a period of time, you need to allow yourself to still have that balance and realize that even though food is our fuel for working out and just for everyday life, it's also how we socialize with each other as well. And those social experiences are just as important and I think just as healthy when it comes to, you know, living a balanced lifestyle. So, you know, my biggest recommendation is always to just try to plan ahead as best as you can. Um, I think it's really helpful, the fact that you and I both do this together. I can only imagine that it would be tough to have an unsupportive spouse who doesn't track their macros. So if you didn't track your macros and I did, and you're like randomly like, Kristen, we're going out tonight, and I already planned out all my food, everything's like ready to go, and then you spring this on me, and it's like, okay, that's nice, you want to go out, but it stresses you out and gives you that anxiety. So that's really tough, and if you're going through something like that, 
I think it's important to just try to communicate with your significant other and explain to them why you need to do this in order for you to, you know, achieve your goals. And over time, you know, it's their responsibility to be supportive, whether they understand it or not. So we're pretty lucky that way that we both understand it. So we always kind of plan it out together. I think, you know, if we ever go to a new restaurant, you, you'll find the macro sometimes. And sometimes to just keep it easy, I'll eat the same thing as you. I'm like, oh, you found the macros. What are they? I'll quickly add them into my phone. You know, I'll always try to do that. Um, prior to actually going out, you know what, I'll plan it out maybe in the morning time. So that way I know how many macros I have left to play with after planning out the evening out. Absolutely. And I think one of the big things too, like, you know, if you are going to go out for dinner, it's one of those things where I think that it's very easy to find substitutions. Most restaurants will pretty much make you whatever you want, how you want it. I mean, you know, so once you learn where a lot of the calories are concentrated in like sauces and you know stuff like that it's kind of easy to like if you are dieting I mean we've gone out to eat while we were prepping yeah our last you know competition prep season I mean six weeks out we had to eat out um it was just the circumstances and you know we made it work and I, I don't think it has to be one extreme or the other like there are certain circumstances where totally you know if you're competing in a bodybuilding show or just dieting down or you know you have a like you said, uh, what am I trying to say? A fo- like a photo, a photo shoot or, or shoot. a vacation yeah, a or maybe you're trying to fit into a wedding dress. Wedding dress yeah. Then, then, yeah, you know, you've got to put that long-term goal ahead. But otherwise, I, I think it's important that you understand that dieting is going to be there, but you still need to reward yourself too. And Yeah, you know, and have those experiences. And have those experiences, and I think those are more important at the end of the day. And sometimes, too, like even with us, like when we were going through that, we would go out to restaurants I wouldn't order what I normally did. Yeah. I would, you know, order other things. You know, that were more like macro, macro friendly. friendly, you yep. know, nutritionally friendly, less calorically dense. Yep. So exactly. And I think as well too, I'll just say this to finish this up here. If you do have that mindset, just remember that you don't want to make yourself feel guilty afterwards, even though the macros might be available. Your sodium is probably going to be a lot higher than your body is used to. So don't make yourself feel guilty if the scale goes up the next day. Just don't step on the scale. Your body will normalize after a couple of days. But just have that expectation and realize that, okay, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to commit to this. I need to be okay that, you know what, the scale might go up. But I know if I just continue staying on track with everything, it will normalize and realize that the scale when it comes to eating out, it's not going to be a linear um, it's not going to move in a linear direction. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, you know, a good piece of advice. Like Chris and I, we've both been, you know, doing this long enough tracking bodybuilding that, you know, if I go out for a meal now, if it's heavier, if it's going to put me over my calories and sometimes I'll be honest, I just completely don't care. One, mm-hmm. one bad meal is not going to throw me off my goals. Yes. I might see the scale spike the next day. You know, sometimes depending on how heavy a meal I have, I, I can see the scale stay higher for several days. Sometimes yep. it takes anywhere from three to five days before my weight kind of normalizes. Yep. The other thing is too, like if I'm going to have a, I don't want to say a bad meal because I don't really think there's a whole lot of bad no. foods, but if I'm going to have a, a meal that's higher in calories, it's going to put me over my goal for the next day Yeah. or for that particular day, then the next day I'll, I'll try to do some form of exercise other than weightlifting or in combination with it where maybe we go for a hike or we go for a run or 
you know we're just doing something a little more active just to kind of counteract that yeah things energy have a, balance equation. things have a funny way of balancing out okay so the next question here what are some things that you do as a couple daily to work your brain do you meditate read the same book etc yeah that that's a good question i know who that question came from yes um, <laughs> This question came from our friend Adam. Thank you, Adam, for the question. Yes, thank you. Um, I, I think it's one of those things. I don't know if we do anything really necessarily together. Yeah. Um, we kind of have our own individual, and I think that's important as well. Like we have our own different individual things that kind of hold us accountable. One thing that we do together, Kristen and I usually read a book at night. Kristen's kind of a slower reader. So I actually read to her at night. We'll pick a book usually. And it usually takes us, we'll read maybe one book a month. Yeah. Um, the book we're on, we've been on for a little while just because I've been staying up later. <laughs> He's not going to bed pandemic. with me. <laughs> I'm not going to bed with her. So we haven't been doing that. But that is one thing that we do. Um, Kristen also listens to podcasts as well. I listen to podcasts. One thing that we do with that, like we listen to different podcasts. Yeah. We listen to some of the same podcasts, but we always kind of do like a debrief where Kristen will tell me about something she learned or I'll tell her about something I learned in a podcast, whether it be personal development or yeah, nutrition, know, nutrition and, coaching. and coaching. So I, I think that's probably the biggest thing, but I think just in terms of our own yeah, personal we, development, we're kind of... we do We do it separately, but... I think we're pretty good at communicating as well too, right? Like I like how we debrief what we've learned to each other and we share, you know, what you've learned, what I've learned. And um, I love yeah. that you read to me because I'm, like Kyle said, I'm a slow reader. I'm not the greatest reader. So I appreciate when he always gives me. You're a good reader. You're just I'm just slower. slow. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't keep up to him. Kyle's a fast reader. Like you can read a book in a week if you wanted to. Yeah, you know? I can probably read a book in a day. In a day. Yeah, exactly. Right. I just can't sit still that long. So that's <laughs> the hard part. It's bittersweet. But yeah, I think that's definitely one thing that we do that that's strong. I mean, you've been working on your certified strength and conditioning specialist designation right now so you're sharing stuff out of there with me all the time yep i'm getting recertified on the personal training i'm working on my cpt yep um right now so i'm learning in there and eventually i'm going to do the same course that Kristen's doing so i'm just waiting to steal her notes <laughs> i got a lot of notes for you for that so just the second part of this question is just asking if you meditate I don't personally meditate. Um, something I do want to get into more is journaling and just documenting my own mm. mindset. Um, I've been writing notes on my phone a little bit here and there, but uh, it, it's something I definitely want to get into a little bit more, even just honestly recording my thoughts and things yeah. going on. Um, that's definitely something that I want to start doing. I just, I really haven't taken that upon myself yet. But. Honestly, though, I think that there's probably different forms of meditation because you're really good at like, I know this sounds funny, but you're good at talking to yourself, you know, checking in with yourself and having that level of self-awareness. And I think something as simple as that can be a form of meditation. Yeah. Like even for myself, like lifting, like I'm in a very meditative state when I'm lifting weights. Yeah, that's fair. I'm kind of in a state of Zen as well. Yeah. I think one thing too, when Kristen quit um, working in accounting um, to do coaching full time, she got to experience me at home full, like for the first time. Yes. And she realized like, <laughs> I'll literally be walking around the house like talking to myself and you know she thought I was going mad and it, funny enough you know a month later I, I found her talking to herself I so. started doing it too yeah I, I think that's one thing I do I, I talk to myself quite a bit it's you know I don't really care if Kristen's listening or hearing it's just yeah. more me checking in with myself and my own mental state and 
Yeah, but I am a big firm believer in meditation. I think, you know, just having that power over your mind, I think is is so important. So Absolutely. Okay, so we have one more question here. This is a good one. How do you guys survive quarantine together without wanting to kill each other? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question, actually. um, I said that for every question. These are some really good questions, but... yeah. We were on a hike yesterday with uh, one of our good friends and I said it then and uh, I'll say it here now as well. I think life is so much better when you actually have it to spend with somebody. I have always kind of felt that way and having Kristen by my side all the time, I get to experience and share life with her and I think that's so much better. So it's not really a matter of surviving quarantine. I I think I'd have a, a lot harder time if Kristen wasn't here. She's right now kind of my number one source of entertainment if you will so (laughs) if I didn't have her and even just have that social you know connection um, I'd probably be losing my mind so I I think if anything she's done a good job of keeping me sane yeah that's true and I feel the same way and like you said it's not that we need to survive it but you, you know we have our moments we're not perfect but I think the biggest thing that allows us to live peacefully together while we're here 24 7 is the fact that we do different things as well like we do a lot together which is great but we do have different hobbies different things that we like to do separately so we're not always doing everything together which you know we have our we have our alone time which is good which is important right but and we've got enough space in uh, our condo that you know Kristen has her space and I have my space like if I need to do work or I just need a break I can come into the office and I can unwind and yeah it, it is nice that way well that was really well said Kyle Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. This was fun. Thanks for having me. First podcast. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. I look forward to chatting with you all next week. But until then, go out there, strive for more, be more, and ignite your inner athlete.